Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Water Cooler, the world's most statistically average sports podcast. Brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. With 317 shows and a stable of former players and local media personalities, check us out today at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V. My name is Ryan Saber, the most electrifying voice in sports information, and with me as always... It's me, it's me, it's Lukey C, a.k.a. Sports Teddy Roosevelt. I may not have the biggest impact of the Mount Rushmore 4, but I was there the longest. What are we talking about today? Hey, Teddy. Today we're going to talk about two things, okay? We're going to talk about our Mount Rushmore of sports at the end. We're going to talk about who we think potentially one day could crack into that Mount Rushmore. Our four top athletes, and there's some caveats here, right? It's not only did they have to play during our lifetimes, but their prime had to be in our lifetimes. Like, there's no, you know, George Gervin or whatever, who his last year was 1983, right? So I think that that's critical for us. Don't add us, you know, don't start yelling at us because, you know, we didn't include Bill Russell or, or, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or whatever because – we didn't see these people play, you know, Johnny Unitas, the whole nine yards, Jim Brown. So just think about that. And at the end of it, we're going to have a couple players who are under the age of 25 or under who potentially could be on this Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done 15, 20 years from now. But before we get into that, the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, and now even college football are all back, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Last week, Luke gave you Brendan Todd versus Matt Kuchar. That hit. That was free money. This week, we're going to give you the Toronto Raptors minus one and a half in game two of their series versus the Boston Celtics. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds futures and props for you to bet on and there is always the online casino that thing never closes so head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and sign up today bet online your online sports book experts so with that i'm gonna go ahead and and i, I cannot wait I could probably tell you, pick your list for you, but I'm going to go ahead and let's, let's hear it. It's not, I mean, come on. I'm, I'm very on brand here, you know. But we're going to start. I want to say no particular order, but I'm going to start with, with number four. <laughs> and that is one of the most dominant athletes of our time, dominant athletes of our time, Serena Williams. Ah, interesting. 43 Grand Slams, mm-hmm. most all-time. Second all-time in uh, appearances. She's got an 85.3% winning percentage as a singles player. She won six Grand Slam titles without losing a set. I don't know how, how to explain how difficult that might be. Six Grand Slam titles. Now, it had, it had been done one other time. Martina Navratilova, I believe, was another one to do it. But six Grand Slam titles without losing a set. 
going deep into the uh, women's women's tennis, huh? She's got she's got fourteen Grand Slam, uh, fourteen doubles Grand Slam titles. Martina Navratilova, <laughs> and she's a five time she's a five time AP Athlete of the Year, five time AP Athlete of the Year. So yeah. You know, one of, just one of the most dominant athletes that that we've seen. Not 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 even male or female. Just just one of the most dominant. She ran the sport, and she still kind of does. I mean, I, I believe right now she's ranked fifth. And, to mention she had a fucking baby. Yeah, yeah, and in the middle of all, yeah, she she was she it was she, like she, pregnant. She won. Yeah, she won. A, she won a grand slam while she was pregnant. I mean, this is amazing. She's just look. I think the you know the people on the other side of that will talk about the weakness of the sport. You mentioned Martina Navratilova at that time. There was a Steffi Graf. There was a Chris Everett. There was some other those players. Are, those are the other three that that were that are that are close to her. Aside from that, though, I mean, I mean, there's really just not. Once she got over the mountain of her sister, because early on, if you remember, Venus was actually the better player. Once she got over the mountain of of Venus, you know, she was she was dominant from that point on. Oh yeah, yeah, it, it was it was ridiculous from there. She's definitely on there for me. Good, coming out strong. Yeah, going from there. Number three is uh, probably my favorite, maybe my second favorite sport, but um, it's from football, and it's uh, to me the greatest quarterback that's ever played, Peyton Manning. Shocking. <laughs> so Peyton Manning, let's 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 brag a little bit on, on Peyton. We got Peyton's a five-time MVP. No one else even has four, and that includes everybody else's GOAT, Tom Brady, who only has three. Two-time Super Bowl champ, um, second all-time playoff uh, yards and touchdowns, third all-time to uh, in uh, touchdowns to Drew Brees and Tom Brady, who just passed him last year. He's actually played more games than Drew Brees. Drew Brees had just passed him. He's a seven-time All-Pro to uh, Brady's three. <clears throat> and then, uh, you know, there's a there's always talk about not really anymore. I'm pretty much the only one left on Peyton Goat Island, but um, just I want to. I've always gone back to this when they've played at the same time, which was 2000 to 2015, and it excludes two years: 2011, the year that Peyton missed with his back injury, and 2008, the year uh, Brady missed with his knee injury. So I'm just going to go over just some real quick numbers when they both played. Peyton was six-time six first-team uh, All-NFL. Brady was three-time. Peyton was a four-time MVP. Brady was a three-time MVP. Peyton was uh, three-time second-team. Brady was two-time. And uh, they both led the league three times in yards, and they both led the league four-time in touchdowns. And then uh, just for a little cherry on top, you know, if that's, if that's not persuasive enough, Peyton Manning is three-and-one all-time in AFC championship games against Tom Brady. So everything's on the line there. Winner go home in the championship setting, and Manning is 3-1. and one. So that's just kind of my take there. I mean, that's just kind of a synopsis real quick of my, my Brady versus Manning takes. You know, to me, there's, there's just not much better than Peyton. I mean, 14-time Pro Bowl, like I said, seven-time All-Pro, comeback player of the year, five-time MVP, just tops, tops for me. Number two on the Mount Rushmore, on the Crocker Mount Rushmore. Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Golf's arguably greatest player, 82 wins, first all time, 15 majors and counting. He went uh, from 2008 to till last year. I think everyone's pretty familiar. He won the Masters in 2019. 
reigning Masters champ as of now. This is it got pushed back till November. One thing I didn't really understand was he's 41 Euro Tour wins, which is third all time. He's not even a full-time Euro Tour member. The second uh, only ahead of him is Seve, uh, Seve Ballesteros and Bernard Langer, just two just Hall of Fame, great, great, major Euro, Euro stalwarts. Um, the closest actor to him on uh, that, that list is Lee Westwood, who has 25, who's not going to get anywhere close to 41. He'll probably never win again on, uh, on the Euro Tour. Low on Lee Westwood, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Buried him. Hey, I like, I like Lee. I want, I want him to play on the next Ryder Cup team. But anyway, uh, youngest ever to win the Masters, which is actually the oldest um, – of the four majors, which was kind of surprising. He was 21 years, three months. He won by 12. He won that tournament by 12 strokes when he was 21 years old. Uh, he won the 2000 U.S. Open by 15, which is the largest. Yeah, and that was that shit was crazy. He had that wrapped up on, like, Thursday. I remember. Yeah. I think Thursday, going in on Thursday, he had, like, a seven or eight-stroke lead. 683 weeks as the world number one. Uh, the second is Greg Norman, who has 331 weeks. He's a choke artist. And this was also a uh, – I know I looked at that. I can't believe he only has two majors. The guy is second by a long shot as world number one, and he has two majors to tie. Well, he has the biggest choke. I mean, he, he squandered like a six- or seven-stroke lead on Sunday at the Masters one year. Yeah, he's got that, he's got that fill. He's got a little fill in him in, in, in that regard. He's got four spots on the top ten longest streaks as number one. Yeah. Including numbers one and two at 261 weeks and 281 weeks. And that's uh last but not least, he's a four-time AP athlete of the year. So we got Serena's a five-time, Tiger's a four-time. And last but not least, I believe everyone knows where I'm going here. Um no real big surprise, uh, very on brand, as you can see here. Number one on that list is the greatest basketball player of all time from the greatest city of all time, LeBron James from Akron, Ohio. Three-time champ, four-time MVP. Only Kobe and Kareem have more. You can make a very strong argument that he was in play for this year's MVP before all this uh, COVID-19. Twelve-time first team, most ever. Three-time uh, AP player of the year. He's got two gold medals. We can go on and on. I mean, I've talked at length on this podcast about LeBron James and just he's, he's the greatest ever. I'm not watching this upcoming documentary that's a farce on uh, the mothership. I'm not, I'm not going to be watching it. I'll be replaying game seven from the 2016 MVP or uh, NBA finals over and You'll over. You'll be the only one. Hey, I'm fine with You'll, that. You can throw that on Peyton Island. Hey, I'm fine with that. I, I, I'm comfortable being the only one there, you know. This is your list. Hey, I'm confident. I'm confident in my takes. I believe in my takes, and uh, that's my list. So we got Serena. You're yeah. not wrong. I'm, I'm totally. I think you got a good list. We got Serena, Peyton, Tiger, LeBron. Yeah. My honorable mention. I'm not going to go into any kind of details, but I left him off for playing surface problems. Was Mike Tyson? That's a, that's an interesting one. Youngest heavyweight champion of all time. Yeah. Just in the, through the middle of it, just unbelievable. Devastating. That's good. Can I – is it my turn? That's, that's my Mount Rushmore of them. I'm going to start with my honorable mentions. Right at the top of my – I have a few. 
again, this is my list, similar to yours. I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't really think you're right or you're wrong. I mean, this is it's subjective when you start talking Mount Rushmores. They're they're personal Mount Rushmores. Uh, Serena is is on my honorable mention. I you know I I think for all the reasons that we discussed, Bo Jackson. You know, Bo Jackson obviously being, you know, probably potentially could have been a Hall of Famer in two sports. Obviously, career was cut short by injuries, but he was magnificent. And in light of, so I didn't, I didn't work today. I was, I was sitting around and on ESPN was, um, I just happened to watch the Michael Vick 30 for 30, like two days ago, the first part of it. And there was a Michael, uh, Virginia Tech, I forget who they were playing today. I was watching it. Virginia Tech Michael Vick was probably the most electrifying college athlete I've ever seen. Uh, that 2000 National Championship game against Florida State was, was amazing. So I'm not saying Michael Vick. I'm saying Virginia Tech Michael Vick as a college athlete. I mean, he, he was uh, – I think that, that first year that he started when, when he, with the Eagles, that, when he had the full year after – after he yeah. had the following year. I mean, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah, he was. There was one time on Monday Night Football where he threw, like, six touchdowns and, like, two rushing yeah. touchdowns. I mean, yeah. it, it's still, up until the last couple of years, it was one of the best fantasy performances ever. Yeah, number four for me was Tiger Woods. All the reasons that you said, I think, a couple things that, that you left out of there. He's got a 33% career winning percentage. So he wins. Just stupid. One out of every three times he goes out on the golf course, which I think in an individual sport and in a, in a, in a sport that, that is that tough to be consistent at, I think that is, is crazy. 31 top five finishes in majors. I think that's another really important one. You know, one of the things that the Jack uh, crew and the Jack crowd still kind of holds out there is that Jack had 19 seconds in majors. Runner-ups. In 48 top threes. So from a consistency standpoint, I think Jack was strong. Tigers only finished second six times. So look, I, actually, I, I actually just looked that up. I think it's 11 times in majors. Because I, I, I was just looking at this uh, earlier last week. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I uh, just looked it up. It's six. Okay. But I realized, you know, he was when, when he is in contention. Yeah, he wins. Yeah. That's all that means. Right. That's what that means. So, you know, I think, I think it's really important. Look. The guy revolutionized the sport. Uh, anytime you look at a player who's able to revolutionize a sport, they become – it catapults them. And I think, you know, every single golfer on the tour right now owes 60 or 70% of their bank account. Yeah, and that was one whole point I fucking missed. I, I apologize for the language at home, folks. It was the Tiger Tax. The Tiger Tax. Uh, there is a podcast, No Laying Up. Go listen to it if you're a golf fan. But um, they bring on golfers – all the time, and they actually have a, a guy there, a contributor, um, that wrote an article about it. And every single one of them, they got them there. They say, "How much of your career earnings do you attribute to Tiger Woods?" You know, and they say every, every single one of them says fifty percent. Yeah, it's at least half. When he's in contention, people watch. You know, he. I don't think any other athlete in any sport in our lifetime has moved the needle from a viewership standpoint the way that he does. The dramatic the dramatic nature of the way that he moves the needle. So he's amazing. It was great to see him win last year. And hopefully he can stay healthy and, and continue to win. He's only, what, 40, I think he just turned 44. He's still probably got three or four really, really good years left. I mean, he could probably win four or five more majors 
you know, it might be a blessing in disguise because uh, he was he was banged up a little bit coming into this year, and he had pulled out of some stuff that he normally yeah. plays. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise that he didn't we didn't get this uh, this year, and maybe you know he shows up in November and gets another yeah. jacket. The next one on my list is Barry Bonds. He's a seven-time MVP. Look, I don't give a shit about steroids. I don't give I don't give a flying fuck. So anybody out there that wants to talk to me about steroids, I don't give a shit because the pitchers were using steroids. Everybody was using steroids, and he was a Hall of Famer before he even started using steroids. He started using steroids because of Mark McGuire and Sandy Sosa. It's well documented, so I don't want to hear it. Seven-time MVP, nobody has more than three. He's a 14-time All-Star. He's an eight-time gold glove. 2,935 career hits, 762 career home runs, a 298 career batting average. His 2004 season was, you know, it was something that I, I it's, you, you know, you, you look at like Tiger in his prime, uh, the dominance uh, on a night-in and night-out basis. I mean, the guy had a 6.09 on-base percentage. That means he was on base 61% of the time. This is a sport where if you get a hit three out of ten times, you're a Hall of Famer, okay? So he doubled that. So he was twice as good as a Hall of Famer. 232 walks. The next closest guy was Eric Chavez with 95, okay? 120 of those walks were intentional. Only 41 strikeouts. He reached base more times than he had actual at-bats. It's the only time in history that that's ever happened uh, because well, of walks and hit-by-pitches yeah. and things like that. You know, there's, there's really thought, nothing else to say. He was hit by pitch a ton? Look, I think a lot of guys knew that he was on juice. He hit a lot of home runs. He used to crowd the plate. Remember, he used to wear that armor on his left elbow, and he used to get in there. Yeah, and he he would get hit. The guy had such a good eye that when he wouldn't swing, the umpires wouldn't call strikes, even if it was close, because he had such a reputation as having such great eyes. Yeah, he the, 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 the umps figured, well, if he didn't swing at it, because he swings at anything that's close, and he puts it out, he puts it in McCubby Cove, right? So it was one of those situations. It, it was it was amazing. It was it was an amazing run to watch there for about four or five years. Disappointing that he's not in the Hall of Fame. I'm, I'm hopeful that it'll happen one day. Look. But it's the Baseball Hall of Fame. I mean, look, Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame. It's a fucking, it's a fucking joke. I mean, so. No, they, should, they should both be in. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. So my next guy is uh, Tom Brady. He's a six-time Super Bowl champion. He's got nine appearances in the Super Bowl. He did more with less, in my opinion, than any all-time great player in any sport. His measurables, all those things from an athletic standpoint – frame you know nothing about him stands out other than his drive will to win uh he's a michigan man so i mean it, it doesn't really you know surprise me that he has it uh he's got the most wins in nfl history he's got a 774 winning percentage he's a four-time super bowl mvp he is the second youngest and the oldest quarterback to win the super bowl he's got 30 playoff wins 207 regular season wins. Uh, the guy's a winner. He never had a losing season. Never. That may change this year. We'll see. He's got 44 fourth quarter comebacks and 57 game winning drives. He's a winner. I'm, I'm a guy that, um, you know, I know for some of us, winning is not as important as others. You know, I believe that we have a podcast where you actually say that winning is overrated. Winning championships, I believe you said, is overrated. 
I, however, do not believe that winning championships is overrated. Look, I think the Tom Brady-Peyton Manning thing is going to rage on. I don't, I don't think you're the only person on Peyton Manning Island. You go back 15 years ago, there was a John Elway-Dan Marino debate, if you will. I think it's very, very similar to that. Elway, in my opinion, was a better quarterback than, than, than Dan Marino because he won more. You know, it's one of those things. So it is what it is. I'm, I'm comfortable with you thinking that Peyton Manning is the greatest. I, however, think that Tom Brady is. Number one on my list is Michael Jordan. We are all a prisoner of the moment. And I think time has a way of making us forget how great players actually were. Saying that Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time doesn't mean that LeBron isn't great. I think LeBron has a little more, a little more left to do in my book. You've heard me say this before. Father's Day 2016, one of the greatest days of my life. I'll never forget it. Uh, you know, what LeBron did in the 2016 NBA Finals, I'll never forget. The, this, in my opinion, is just about uh, a body, an overall body of work. I think LeBron at this point, because he's been able to stay healthy, because he's a Terminator, his ability, he was really good right away. Okay? So because he was really good right away and he's just continued to improve, and he's played a long time. He hasn't had any major injuries. He's really been able to compile stats, and I'm not going to hold that against him. That's, that's not what I'm doing here. But I think when you start to compare numbers, it, it needs to be all relative. You know, Jordan took time off. He missed his second year. He broke his, he broke his foot, broke his ankle, and he was out. Look, he was a smaller player. He wasn't as durable. It was a different time. He was a drinker. He was a gambler. LeBron doesn't do that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just a different time, different era. Six for six in the NBA Finals with, with six MVPs. He's got five regular season MVPs, nine-time all-defensive team. He won the Defensive Player of the Year in 1987. He's fifth all-time in points in 15 seasons. LeBron's, what, this year 17? I mean, LeBron's going to have the most points. He's already got the most rebounds, or excuse me, the most assists by a non-guard in NBA history. Like, LeBron is going to continue to compile. Michael Jordan was unstoppable on offense, but he had legendary defense, right? I think, I think LeBron in, in spurts does really great things, kind of the – the greatest chase down blocker of all time, really good at jumping, passing lanes and things like that. But, you know, Jordan was really good at just sort of perimeter lockdown defense. And I think one, one knock on LeBron, I think, well, he's got two. I think one knock on LeBron's game is he sometimes gets lazy on the defensive end and the free throws, man, like the fucking free throws are killer, you know? And I think, you know, Jordan was very clutch, always hit free throws. Was, was a lockdown defender. So I think when you look at some of LeBron's, the holes in his game, I think, you know, Michael Jordan is not, now look, Michael Jordan's not a perfect player. So let's not even go there. You know, he left and came back. He had two separate three-peats. Uh, he stopped Hall of Fame legendary players from winning championships. Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, Reggie Miller. I mean, the list of players that don't have rings because they had to go through him, I think it's, it's, it's a much larger list than, than LeBron has. And it, that's, it's just not the reality. I mean, the Hall of Fame players that have played in LeBron's era, most of them, a lot of them have won rings. Um, and some of them have won rings at his expense, right? Michael Jordan's got 22 total trophies. Those trophies include MVPs, Rookie of the Year, Championships, All-Star Game MVPs, Finals MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, doesn't even take into consideration gold medals, which he has two and LeBron has two. 
He's got 22. The next closest is Bill Russell with 17, Kareem with 15, Magic with 13, and then Tim Duncan, Kobe, and Shaq all with 12. LeBron has 11. It's a pretty good list. It is a good list. So let's get into the future. It's unrealistic to believe if we would have gone back 20 years ago, none of the well, – maybe Jordan. Jordan, but none of these other players would have been on this list. It would have been a completely different list. So 20 years, you know, who's your guy, a couple guys under 25 that you think have a chance to potentially be on this list one day? So I've got one, one, at, 20, one at 25 years old. Yeah. Um, it was the first one I thought of, and I, I think you know what I'm talking about, but he's already behind a guy that they, I – What's that? Baker Mayfield <laughs> just turned 25, what, yesterday, two days ago? Happy birthday. Yeah, Bake. yesterday. Happy birthday, Bake. Um, But, no, no he's already – He's this is it's Giannis. He's already behind LeBron. By the time LeBron was 25, he had already, you know, vanquished the, the Pistons, the defending champ Pistons in that legendary series where he scored 25 straight in the fourth and overtime. I'll never forget that. No, it was unbelievable. Just I literally watched it a week ago in quarantine. Just out of that my was before that was before LeBron was LeBron. That was really the he was twenty two years old. I think it was two thousand and five. Was it that long ago? It was either five or six, two thousand five or six. And um I, I literally just watched it last week. Um but uh Giannis is just a little bit too far behind. I and that's not to say and the way that these guys play now, um I just don't know, you know, is he going to leave a, a lot of player movement? You talked about guys uh, that Jordan had kept from getting rings. It's a lot harder for LeBron to keep guys from getting rings because there's so much more player movement nowadays. I don't, I don't disagree. But um, so I don't know what – I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen with this future. He's a free agent. One thing, one thing there, LeBron – I mean, Giannis is a far superior defensive player than LeBron is. I think Giannis really has the potential to be a – you know, he, he could win a couple defensive player of the year awards. Well, I just don't think LeBron's his crazy LeBron's LeBron's a five time all NBA defense. I hear you. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not knocking that. What I'm saying is I think Giannis has potential to be a better defensive player than LeBron. I don't think Giannis's jump shot will ever develop the way that LeBron's has over the last 15 years. That's fair. So he's out. Um, next I got, uh, Another young, another young American phenom uh, in, a, in a different sport than we've talked about is Christian Pulisic. He's a soccer player, um, youngest American to go play in the Premier League. He's actually with Chelsea now. Hasn't been able to scratch the surface, but had a lot of hype after the World Cup in, uh, I believe, it was 16. Hasn't really done much since because of that move to – he left his, uh, his German squad and went to, uh, went to England and hasn't really been able to scratch the surface. But he's a guy that I think, you know, down the line, he could be, you know, a legendary soccer player. Not just, not just a legendary American soccer player, but, you know, all world. Runner up for this list for me. What's that? Your, this is your under 25 Mount Rushmore. Right, yeah, it is. It is. I got four of them. Luka Doncic. MVP, that's my guy. MVP, MVP candidate in his second year. That's, that's my guy. Triple you double. Know that. Triple double machine. I um, love Luca. Just unbelievable. Uh, I love him. Just not, just not sure that he's ever gonna be. I think he's like a LeBron light type player. He doesn't have the just the physical, just build of LeBron James. Like, but he's that in a smaller package. Just the playmaking, the way he sees. Them. I love him. 
Yeah, he's he's great. He's, he's a lot great. bigger than you think he is, but I you know I don't think he has the athleticism. Yeah, that's you know when when he starts to fall off the cliff at like thirty, like it's gonna be like Dirk where he's got to do well, those one legged hop back jumpers and shit like that. Like, like I'm not sure because like he he had a controversial quote. I think it was earlier this year or in the off season before the season started was uh. He's like, it's easier to score in the NBA than it is in any any Euro League. That's fucking crazy. Because, it's because he was fourteen playing with grown men. That's why. which is which is which is fair. But I think like, but I think like he's gonna be able. Like you talked about Dirk and uh, you know, you look at all those European guys. They always find ways. You know, all the European NBA greats. They're they always find ways to score. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, none of those none of those compare. My actual candidate here, which I think we all know who it is. Baker Mayfield? <laughs> I wish it was, but it is actually Super Bowl MVP Pat Mahomes. Through his first three years, he is seventh with the most touchdown passes at 76. That's 31 games in. No one ahead of him has less than 43. No one behind him has less than 38. Completion percentage, I mean, he's third all-time third all time in that list at 66%. TD percentage, he's in the top 10. doesn't matter how you slice it up, if you, and especially if you start going per game and these kind of measures, he's on track to be, you know, one of the greatest ever. You, I mean, you know more than anyone else that I, I am an ardent Patrick Mahomes guy, but not even I saw this coming. Not, I don't think anyone saw, saw this coming with him. Just a 7% TD percentage in his first three years. It's just unbelievable what this guy's able to do. And I understand that the game is a little bit different now than it was played before, um, which makes Dan Marino's stuff even a little bit more impressive. But he has the second lowest interception percentage in that time. I mean, the guy's unreal. There's really no bounds to what he can do. Um, I think he's with the perfect coach. I don't think there's any other team that he could have gone to. He went to a perfect situation, and I think it's just working out a lot of similar ways with Tom Brady, except they didn't have to handle him with kid gloves as far as they did with, with Brady. I think he's got every single making of, you know, you talk about Aaron Rodgers. I think he's a combination of these guys, Rodgers, Favre, and Manning. You sound like Colin Cowherd right now. I'm just saying he's he's got all of those capabilities. I mean, I think I actually heard Colin Coward say the exact same thing. He probably threw Brady in there because because you know he loves Brady. Well, because he's a West Coast guy, Brady's from California. Yeah, whatever. But Patrick Mahomes is my candidate to to, to break in there. Okay. My guy's Kristen Pulisic. Really? Really? Twenty years old. He's quick, versatile. He's an attacking player. He can play either wing or he can play in the middle. He's got ten goals in his first twenty-five appearances for the U.S. Look, he's making an impact in the Premier League. They have him linked to a potential move to Real Madrid down the road. Uh, he could end up becoming the greatest soccer player in U.S. history. Obviously, that's Landon Donovan right now, but he could end up being that. And what I'm telling you is, when you talk about this Mount Rushmore stuff. Nothing captivates this country like when the U.S. starts playing well in the World Cup. I think the women proved that the past several right. years. Yeah. So I think if he could take the U.S. team deep in, deep in you know, get, get to some of the – get through the knockout rounds, you know, get to the single elimination, win a couple games, potentially get to a final or, or Jesus, win a World Cup, like he would go into 
the stratosphere because he will from from now on for the next 15 years he's going to be the best player on the team I think another thing that's really really important right now when you talk about this dynamic is you know moms don't want their sons playing football anymore I read somewhere and I haven't read the numbers in in a while but a, a year back or two years back I was reading that like the participation in, in, in youth football is down like 60%. And most of those kids are playing soccer now. So it's like moms don't want sons to play football. You know, the sports landscape is going to look a lot different in the next 10 years. And you got this kid that's already a star. He's already a stud that's kind of at the forefront of that thing. So not only is he a really great player, but I think there's going to be just a higher quality of talent around him. If they win the World Cup, I mean, to me – that just takes him and, and puts him in, in a completely different space. You look at a guy like Diego Maradona or whatever in, in, uh, in Argentina, the guy's a bomb. But, like, you know, he's, he's famous for them winning the World Cup, and he's, he's you know, 30, he's 40. Person. He's a bum person. 40 years later, he's still, like, a, an icon. So I could see if they can win a World Cup and he's, you know, the best player on that team, that could put him up in the Muhammad Ali, Dave Ruth. The one Michael thing we talked about with, with this whole thing was, like, just commercial viability. I mean, like, literally every guy we mentioned was commercial, commercially viable. And I think once that, uh, that U.S. team, uh, you know, success comes, yeah. he becomes that much more commercially viable, like, uh, like Michael Phelps. And- yeah, oh, I agree. That's it. That's all I got. I don't have a Mount Rushmore of under 25. I think that's it, then. I think we're good. Okay. At WC Sports Pod. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.